Well, hey, Wayne. Hey, Garth. Yeah, there it is. Okay. okay. Um, ooh. Yeah, man, we're out of practice for the intro banter. Well, I'll just go with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, David, you got any ideas for uh, witty intro banter? Uh, plum out. Okay, we're going to plum out for a couple seconds here, and then I'm going to say something like, Welcome to the Video Reformation Podcast. I'm Ben Oliver. I'm Justin Plant. We're the co-founders of Storyboard. No, not yet. We're the co-founders of Storyboard Media and your guides to practicing effective video for business. We're like the Socrates to your Plato or the Plato to your Aristotle or the Aristotle to your, I don't actually know, to your David. Uh, Aristotle, didn't he teach Alexander the Great? Didn't... You know what? Uh, let us know. On, uh, <laughs> and let us know if that's not right. Um, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. A long time, months. Uh, I can't remember when we last recorded an episode, but I know that it's been at least four months since we aired a new episode mm-hmm. of this For little a couple podcast of here. Um, one, new office. Yeah. So we had to build a new studio. We had to move, build a new studio. Yep. There's shag carpet on the wall behind me. Yeah. I can't. I think that's pretty sexy. I like that. Yeah. I feel like uh, I'm inside of your van. You, yeah, yeah. Uh, you've got some fancy woodwork over here. Yeah. That you made. How about that? Today, we are going to be reviewing our bold predictions for 2021 a year later here at the beginning of 2022. Um, and that is why David is here. Am I allowed to talk now? Not yet. Okay. David is here because of exactly why I said he was in that episode, and so he's just as much to blame for getting these as wrong as we did as the two of us are. That is why David is here. David, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the people who, of course, already know you from your prior appearances, such as bold predictions for 2021 and possibly mild predictions for 2020? Hi, guys. Hey. I am, uh, yeah, I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to look back on 2021, uh, as I'm sure all of us are. All of us really want to reflect a lot on 2021, I'm sure, and uh, look back at what a year it was. Um, No one wants to put it behind them. No one wants to move forward. Everybody really wants to look back on 2020 and really dwell on it. perfect vintage for everything. Yeah. Like the 2021 version of fill in the blank. An 85 Bordeaux. Yes, the 2021. I know you'll get the 2021 85 Bordeaux. <laughs> yes, as mentioned, we are going to be looking back at what we called our bold predictions for 2021. Um, do we have a sponsor this week? We, uh, in the madness of getting everything ready, no, no, sadly, no. We don't have a sponsor this week, but um, comment below. I can highly recommend ranch flavored hemorrhoid cream. Apparently. And maybe they're our sponsor. That's as good a sponsor as any. It certainly is. Um, any further ado, or should we just go ahead and, and jump into assessing our first prediction that we had had for the year that was 2021? Let's get into it. Let's do it. Uh, I don't know if you guys listened to the episode at all. Uh, I did on my drive home uh, before Christmas, uh, not knowing that the last three minutes was just our recap for ourselves so we wouldn't have to listen to the whole episode. It was just interesting to hear. I, none of us had any idea that 
that Delta and now Omicron would have done what they did. Well, so, I think one of our predictions will tie into that directly. Yeah, yeah. If not and, several. And potentially invalidate all of the rest of our oh. predictions. All right, so David's uh, David provided our first prediction for the 2021 look forward. Uh, and it was the continued rise of user-generated content. You mean like brands adopting it? Clarify, or I can't remember exactly let's, what you said. Let's, yeah, I think it was mostly that brands would adopt it because of the pandemic. Brands were turning to user-generated content as a way to capture footage when they couldn't go out on set and, and mm -hmm. do large-scale productions. I think that we did see some of that carry over. I know that we had a couple clients specifically, we have some firsthand knowledge of this, who wanted user-generated content incorporated into their videos in part because it at least seems more resourceful. Whether or not that's true is debatable, I guess. But also, it builds authenticity into their brand voice, which is just kind of generally kind of a something that more brands are leaning on is we want to come across as authentic. Everyone had spent a year on a webcam, so they were more yep. familiar with looking Creating, good yeah. on, you know, how to how to record themselves, make some people even lighting themselves, things like that. I, I think that also goes back to just something that is a thread that can be pulled through all of these is I think we were looking at COVID happened. What are the things that COVID forced marketers or creators to do that now that they'd been pushed to do that, it was like, aha, we can just keep doing more of this. This feels like one of those kinds of, of ideas. I don't know that I saw it to the extent mm -hmm. that we expected it when we were talking about it. I thought it was going to be more out of necessity and instead it was more out of the the desire to appear more authentic yeah right and i think that the second point that i have on the um on the ipad which which is coming in clear now um i linked to a variety article which maybe we can put in show notes but um it's essentially uh the article is talking about how more people have spent time on TikTok in 2021 than on Google, uh, which is something that TikTok was promoting, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but generally speaking, that user-generated content, according to the article, makes up 39%, if I'm getting that percentage right, of what people engage with in terms of media, which matches traditional television. And a lot of that has to do with TikTok and uh, Instagram. So... It is exponentially growing, essentially, and I think that that is an interesting byproduct of the pandemic, of more people having cameras and lighting setups, is just generally that user-generated content is what people are now watching over. It's officially sort of caught up to with what people are watching on streaming right. devices, streaming services, and, and television. Let me throw a mainstream example out here and see where this fits. There was the Applebee's TikTok dance, mm -hmm. and about three weeks later, Applebee's ran a national TV ad on all platforms with collections of people from social media, TikTok, Instagram, whatever, doing that dance. Yep. Is that exactly what we're talking about here? I, I, I don't know if it's what we started talking about, but it's kind of, it, that is the merging, the intersection uh -huh. of those two lines, right? Yeah. Um, 
which is just kind of fascinating because you know they'll do it again because it was probably very affordable I, I had, in terms I had, of putting together. I had so much of a less cynical thought of it when we were talking about it. So I remember one becoming so annoyed going through my feed when, when that audio would start. And I just wanted to move on to mm -hmm. whatever the next stupid thing was. And then it was on a bigger screen, polished in this wrapper by a national brand. Yeah. Are you on TikTok? Just, no. Yeah, occasionally. Yeah. Okay. No. But I feel like I get close enough to TikTok <laughs> with Instagram Reels. Yeah. I they they have they have made that that interface. Yeah. Just going much from the same one interface. Pretty much the same. Think, and so I feel like I get just watered down enough and just mainstream enough versions of things mm -hmm. that I want than probably what I would get out of TikTok. I could be wrong. Yeah. The other interesting stat in that article was um, that seven percent of of like people in the United States earn money off of online their online postings wow which is 20 million people are now bringing in an average of like 700 dollars a month uh via just what they do online through would this count this would count okay. i think podcasts um publishing original content essentially online whether it's influencers podcasting that kind okay. of thing uh, i'm gonna say we got that right maybe not the way that we were envisioning it at the time i do feel like this is one of our what do we have eight here that I do feel like was a little bit closer mm -hmm. to the mark than some of yeah. the others. Yep. Uh, anything else on that, or shall we move on to prediction number two? Moving along. Uh, Justin, that was your prediction. Uh, I anticipated or predicted that uh, companies would adopt asynchronous video tools. Uh, I imagine that being largely, again, out of necessity with a lot of remote work as a management tool. Mm -hmm. I think that the platforms themselves have become more available. Like we've been using Vidyard for a long time. Of course, there's Loom and Wistia that has that easy, easy to do asynchronous uh, video sending, uh, reporting, all that stuff. Yep. Um, I thought it would be worked more into, and I also thought like Vidyard and Wistia would be selling that more, mm -hmm. but I didn't see it. it was all about sales still. Uh, yeah, so I, I think there are there two parts to your prediction: increase in adoption of uh, the mainstreaming of asynchronous video content. Yep. And the second part is Especially even more as, adoption in in kind of internal comms, uh, yeah, management, that kind yeah. of stuff, one to ones, things yeah. like that. Just like daily updates to their boss, like, hey, you know, mm -hmm. five minute. Here's what I did today, and I have these questions. Um, I don't know. I expected more of that as a management tool. Um, so let's set that aside because I don't think that hit. I don't think so either. We didn't. We had. We didn't really use well, it as we a management tool. We talked tool. about a year ago how I had done it twice. Yeah, I did it zero times last year. Mm -hmm. So at least of the people in this room, I think we went down mm -hmm. in terms of internal use of async. Now, I would say that's also because we spent more time together in the office. Yeah, um, safely. And not like five days and unmasked and all that stuff, right? But we did find ways to spend more time working together in the same physical space. And so there was less of a use for that. Most companies 
didn't necessarily do that this year. I would say in terms of managing some of our crew for productions, I did use that as a opportunity to introduce myself to, um, to talk about certain details, um, about, of a shoot also, uh, to see who's engaged and who's not. Hmm. And I guess you can call it management. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's producing. Yeah. But so let's put the management portion aside. If we put the management portion aside, then I feel like I can safely say that your Vidyard example, they actually did sell it more because they shifted their focus from marketing sales, internal comms, mm -hmm. which I think was where it was at the yeah. end of last year. Or, yeah, we're getting – it's real easy to get our years mixed up here. Um, and they are almost solely now video for sales. Yep. in terms of their advertising efforts. Yep. And that almost by definition is asynchronous video. So I do think we saw a large shift to the mainstreaming of asynchronous video mm -hmm. in business communications. <clears throat> right. Even if we want to say externally as opposed to the add-on prediction of internally. I know that um a couple new company or not new companies but a couple co couple companies developed platforms uh, even just to be used internally with similar features as Vidyard. Um, and yeah, so I think there's a couple new options out there that are more enterprise-worthy um, than like a Loom or a Wistia. Where, uh, where does mm-hmm fit in that? I have no idea what they're they, – they are working hard and, and – they that's are. M M H M M, mm -hmm. and it's a it's a real company. <laughs> what what do they do? Um, they have a basically a um, it's almost like a set of filters that you can yeah. impose in, in between the camera and who you're sending. No, it's like a filters like you would kind it's of. It's like see filters on, on filters, but they're not like cat face filters. They're business purpose filters. So you can okay. put up you can while I'm talking to you i can throw up a presentation and refer to a like i can put a little window here okay so it actually um, has context and value yes. aside from yeah aside from a weird funny thing. or cheeky okay. or whatever and i've stopped subscribing to them because it, like too. um it's just i don't think it's uh necessary for what i do i think it's really cool what they're doing um so yeah, mm -hmm. is, keeps it going. might be a really interesting way to asynchronously share creative treatments with clients, though. Which mm -hmm. is something that we are starting to do this year. Uh, oh, if we had only started to do it last year, then we could have been more right about it. I think we one. had the idea for it technically at the mm -hmm. end of last year, so there that counts. I feel like I ended up paying so much less attention to the marketplace last year. In what, in what respect? Like Answering just the, the, the whether these overall? things happened. Uh, I... I um, I feel like I didn't have my either. I didn't have my finger on the pulse of what was going on in the B two B space or in the video for business space or whatever. Or it was actually kind of stagnant. Mm -hmm. And it might be a little bit of both. But like, I, there were some. I don't know. There were just some expectations for what was going to happen last year that I feel like even paying less attention to the newsletters that end up in my inbox or whatever it is. I just don't feel like I hurt. Like you know, I felt feel like the growth of our space, B two B video, video for business, SaaS, whatever that intersection is. I feel like there was less innovation and growth last year than there have been the previous few years. 
and I'm willing to accept that I may be totally wrong about that because I just spent less time paying attention mm -hmm. to those things. But that's kind of the vibe is like, I don't feel like we're much further along in A, B, C, D, or E than we were a year ago. I disagree, especially according to your prediction that's next. Interesting. That's a great segue into my prediction that, see, I am completely ambivalent on this one, that in-person events would rebound but evolve into hybrid in-person and virtual events. So the event space pre-COVID was very, how do we make it compelling for people to, to come to insert city name? And then how do we make it compelling to keep them in our auditorium mm -hmm. instead of looking at the fun things in insert city name? Mm -hmm. um, and how do we make the justification of the spend that each of those attendees that we want to be there justifiable to themselves, their bosses, their budget, whatever it mm -hmm. is. In 2020, full-on breaks, full-on no live events. It was panic. It was yeah. a little bit of, okay, and everybody well, it was, it was, was- unprecedented. Yes, it was, it was, yeah. Um, uncertain. It was uncertain. Um, they times? were indeed uncertain times, right? They were not? times that were uncertain. And I think everybody was forgiving of that too, right? It's like even the biggest mm -hmm. events like you NAB, know, uh, Inbound. Which fell flat or, this year. Yeah. Uh, CES, NAB, um, Trail, Inbound, um, Adobe Max, well, it's Dreamforce. Dreamforce. Uh, for 2020, everybody was like, you know what? That's cool. Like, we'll figure it out. Like, mm -hmm. share whatever you can. with. But 2020, I, I don't... See, this is where I think then that we disagree because I feel like it was just, okay, we don't expect anybody to show up, so we're going to turn these things completely virtual. And one, I didn't attend any. I am itching to get back to it. I'd love to. but uh, and, and maybe there was something that was, well, and, and we know that there was, middle of the year, this kind of like, you know what, we're back to live. We're back to live events, and in fact, we're going to make this as live as we can because aren't we all just excited to be back together? Like, forget the hybrid purpose. Yep. Mm -hmm. It was, we've gotten over the hump, and we're not going to make this hybrid. We're actually going to go back to in-person because we can't let the terrorists win. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's more of the sense that I got. And then, <clears throat> as we know... Um, Events that were going to be live Variants again had to of be the shelved. Disease again. came up and people went back in their hole. You know, once Delta started springing up, it was like, "Ooh, are we going to do this thing in October, July?" I do think you were right in the sense that events did come back, and I also think that there was a giant shift towards the hybrid model. And I think uh, even like, well, were you going to say something? I was going to go down another rabbit hole. Uh, not important, then I'll come back to it if I feel okay. like I need to. Um, I mean, one, important. Stay tuned. One interesting example. Um, well, so uh, we were researching a variety of platforms that could be streaming and also uh, accommodate live events. Remember when during like the middle of the year? Yeah. We are looking to do that. So we evaluated several of them. Um, some of them 
got snatched up quickly by like Cisco. Uh, like the socio was bought by Cisco and became part of their video uh, platform. Um, Salesforce did something really interesting. They had a hybrid event this year. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if it was in person. Maybe it wasn't. But they had a stage and they filmed people speaking. And what they did with Dreamforce this year is rolled that into their own streaming service, which is called Salesforce Plus. And now there is a, this, this is a prediction that I had for 2020 yep. that didn't quite come true, but it's starting mm-hmm. to get there because, which was um, like B2B educational content, mm-hmm. um, like, like a masterclass, which mm-hmm. masterclass is now doing for yes. professionals. Yep. And then also in Salesforce Plus, the only way to access this content is to have gone to Dr- Dreamforce or bought the ticket mm-hmm. to Dreamforce. Mm-hmm. So that's how you get in. But then inside of there, it has all like all of the stuff that was captured at the event. They also have other channels where the CMO from Salesforce is going around interviewing the CEO of this company, talking about uh, the you know the environment and how what they're doing mm-hmm. to do. So they have like half hour long interviews that are very personal and um, and so they're they're building around the event and kind of making it more robust and, and hybrid in nature and on demand and entering that streaming service is very innovative, but I don't know. I wonder how it'll do. It, well, and it's an interesting model. And I think Salesforce is one of the few companies out there that can just do take it. that risk, yeah. right? They can't, I mean, that, that's a, that takes a lot of resources to do that. A lot of mid-level companies would love to be able to do something like that, but uh, how do you even start to, <clears throat> so it'll be interesting to see dibs for our next episode. Um, how that evolution of educational streaming content does align with what used to be user conferences and things like that yeah. for those lower market companies. Mid-market, like... Uh, yeah, the the ones that, that, are, like that spend stage. the however many hundreds of thousands of dollars a year sure. pre-pandemic doing, uh, you know, getting their 600 best clients, mm-hmm. you know, and prospects to come out I, for one, would love if, if a lot of that shifted over to video content. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> On-demand yeah. video content. Yeah. Because I know some people who can make that. Yeah. Tell me later. Yeah. Oh, it's a secret. David, would you like me to read your next prediction, which was our fourth of eight? You know what? I can see it. Great. Uh, so my next prediction was that uh, there will be more and easier ways to engage and interact with video content. Annotation CTAs, choose your own adventures, um, that sort of thing. And so I don't know about the trend outside of video content that we created. Well, we've, we've yeah, imposed, there's, that, there's, on, we've there's, imposed there's, that on our clients. Yes, there's a couple. I feel like the spirit of the prediction was more about advances in technology of video hosting players and the opportunity to use it in unique ways and you'd start seeing it more often and things that on had websites been and, on the more advanced yeah. platforms is starting to become more available on the cheaper platforms and things like that yep that's the part that i don't know that i saw right mm-hmm. agreed the the yeah they built the bridge and nobody crossed it right yeah that's one of the pieces where i think about like just kind of grow like technological growth and innovation in our space felt kind of stagnant last year 
like for the last several years it's just been like here's a new way to embed video here's a faster way to do it here's new things that you can do to customize calls to action and sharing it on other channels but being able to capture the analytics even with native uploads to linkedin but get that in all those things it was just like every week there was just something new that somebody was doing and then yeah Mm -hmm. but Yes, at at least we had a couple instances where when we built out the flow of content for some of our clients, we did choose to make them follow your own journey, create your own journey, choose your own adventure kind of content. At the end of the video, are you more of this or this? Yes, and- if you'd like to learn more about specifically this, yep. watch this video. And that works whether it is on an agnostic channel like YouTube Mm -hmm. or something like that, because then you can just put those options in the links in the description. It also works for an advanced hosting platform that that client is using to embed on their website. And so you could do those more. So it's almost like we ended up kind of working around what those options were, but also mainstreaming or kind of, I don't want to say lowest common denominatoring them. I thought it would become more accessible to people. Yes. You know? Yes. And so when it didn't, we kind of ran with the creative and strategic idea to keep creating more of that kind of content despite it not being more available and more accessible technologically. Right. So maybe we were inspired by what we thought the trend was. Mm -hmm. And there's value in that, I think. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, we were able to – make a persuasive case to one of our biggest clients that this is going to be really valuable for the people for your prospects to follow this choose your own adventure model and and they totally agreed we're we're in post production right now with that project there's a it's based on a use case and essentially some a prospect who is arriving to their let's say yeah, that's to right, their that's resources right. page for a specific use case will then be prompted at the end of that video, the the host of the video will actually prompt that viewer to say, if you are this type of uh, prospect, click here. Mm-hmm. If you're this type of pro- prospect, click here. And it allows them to then deviate. And, 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 and the type of prospect is even, if your pain points more align with this, mm-hmm. yep. go watch this video. However, if you're more advanced or have these kinds of specific things yep. that are related to what we just talked about, go watch this video. Because that gives that gives someone a way to self-identify with pain points and problems and kind of that whole story brand, you know, problem solutions to problems approach. As opposed to now if you're in marketing, go watch this video. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's the same idea and that still has value and could still work. It just turned from like persona centric siloing to, prob- to pain point yeah. uh, yes. specific siloing. And it feels like a more personal experience for that person saying they understand what I what I'm coming here for and this specific video is speaking to me. At the same time, on the other end, it's qualifying that person the further down they go that that's that right. And then when they get to the end of that trail they they've have got a customized solution that it, that can be right. presented. Yeah, yes. cuz right cuz then there's another level to it that they only get to the third level of that sequence because of what they picked to go to in the second level. Mm-hmm. 
So you're really splitting up your audience so that you can make a whole lot of very specific content that speaks to those specific prospects. And yet there's still a lot of scalability in that because there is a lot of, of crossover in the solutions that are available for different types of clients. It's just that one might be everything in this plus this, 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 and this, and you're not overwhelming people who maybe just need that simpler solution. But for the people who need a more advanced solution, they feel like you can help solve their problem too, even though part of what you would provide those two different prospects does overlap. Mm -hmm. um, and so from a production standpoint, there is some common language between those pieces, some common elements, some scalability, things like that. So those things are possible. And yes. people just need to take advantage of yeah, even, even if your hosting platform doesn't provide a super fancy way to do like a totally custom HTML, you know, show the thumbnails or, mm -hmm. or the beginning of it, you can still just give them the options and deliver mm -hmm. them. And, you, and YouTube allows you to yeah, have and two cards pretty easy at the end YouTube. of the yeah. of each video. Yeah. So. Number five, Justin, this was yours and you were adamant about this and actually caused a little bit of a uh, some rumblings yeah from some individuals yeah um and then i tacked on to it not rumblings we'll just like like i don't know so the prediction was that salesforce would buy vidyard um that was just coming that was coming right hot off of salesforce buying slack mm -hmm. and integrating communication tools um i thought salesforce was primed to to have something like that that was a very specific yeah it was, the, it was that was my boldest prediction yeah um that didn't happen um i kind of tacked on to that a broader idea of because for so many years we've been seeing the um explosive software based yeah. solutions in, in the mark tech stack just growing exponentially I thought last year was the first time we were going to start to see that contract mm -hmm. specifically by acquisitions. Mm -hmm. They happened. Yeah. Adobe bought Frame.io, for example. Adobe Cisco bought a whole bunch of others, right? I don't feel like I can say that my prediction was met because I felt like it was going to be just kind of a a change in the marketplace where now all of a sudden we reached pack like peak martech stack and now they were going to start combining mm -hmm. and bigger players uh buying smaller players and mid-level players joining together and, and i just didn't see that the way that i thought that, mm -hmm. that that would happen there are some specific examples but um salesforce did not buy vidyard acquisitions did not ramp up acquisitions did not ramp not up space, there wasn't least. yeah there, there really wasn't uh I, I mean i i think the I'd have to go back and look at um, at that dude's chart, but I, you know, maybe growth has slowed a little bit in terms of the SaaS solutions out there. But I think it's there's still a new more and more. There's still a new thing coming fast. out every yeah, yeah exactly every week. It feels like um, so. I'm gonna give us a a fail on that one. But that's okay. Okay. Um, can we blame Trump? Um, why not? Sure. Okay. Um, great. Our sixth prediction. I believe it was David's. Um, Justin's? Ben's. Mine? Oh, like no, a... no, never mind. That would, Never mind. It is David's. Uh, David's got like the next three then. Yeah. 
Now, I think this one feels like a Ben, because I reread this one and I didn't. <laughs> you didn't remember it. I didn't remember it. Okay. Let's just say it was mine. Okay. Right. Um, it was that post say Oh, yeah, you know what? I do think this was mine. Mm-hmm. So this idea that the once a brand, a badge, a logo, a company has become a client of yours, whether it be a specific department, you know, small foot in the door kind of thing, that a lot of marketing and sales energy would go to that land and expand kind of model. So you got your foot in the door with one small sub product in one department, mm-hmm. and that's where a lot of marketing and sales energy would go to whether it's from a customer success standpoint, delighting those customers and identifying upsell opportunities, whatever. Um, and instead, just because the cost of acquisition is traditionally so much smaller with getting more departments or divisions or offices or users within a logo once you get the logo it's so much cheaper to do that than it is to go out and get a whole new relationship in the first place the prediction was based on that fundamental concept Um, and then the twist on it was that and i we were seeing this was that that was going to be less and less like customer successes revenue opportunity and more of that burden was going to be be spread on the marketing mm-hmm. on the shoulders of the marketing department and they were going to be more and more responsible for upselling existing clients all those kinds of things that traditionally have been more of a sales customer success kind of department responsibility 10 times more content and no it's not those departments responsibility to make that content it's the marketing departments to make that that content i don't know that this happened it'd be hard to know uh, i don't know how to ha- measure that we didn't see it with our clients right well that's true that's true um i i didn't see it that with... was never a goal going through any of our strategic processes no no and it any wasn't client. anything that i experienced from any of the platforms that we use i don't mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't feel like I was sold to very much. No, I last felt like year. yeah, that's yeah. Where are all you salespeople at? Or are we just completely irrelevant and we're not on anybody's list? <laughs> no, it can't be. That. No, no, it's not that. Certainly, that cannot be the case. Um. Yeah, I, 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 but I think you're right. I don't know how we could sit here today and be able to measure whether or not that was. Something that happened. All we would have is anecdotal, anecdotal evidence, yeah. which might be a rule we want to set for our next episode when we talk about predictions for 22 is let's try to make them measurable. Because we did, we we fulfilled some of these prophecies. We did. For our clients. Yeah. And yeah. for ourselves. Yeah. Also. Sure. Some of them. Maybe. Maybe not that one. But. Should these just be 2022 trends for Storyboard Media? Ooh. So then basically it's a report card on whether we executed any of our early year plans. Yeah. Feels like a fun episode. Um, So I'm going to move on past that one unless there's any. It does. It does. Here's an asynchronous video for everyone disguised as a podcast. It's how we did. Nope. I'm going to pass on that one. Um, David, seven, I believe, is yours. Google's shift to the core web vitals will have an impact on companies and just the way that they choose to prioritize their content and manage their platforms. Tell me about um, 
Google shift to core web vitals. Uh, so at the time, I probably could have told you more about what it is, but essentially, oh, it revolves around, um, as I recall, um, a better user experience will effectively through, basically through page load. It felt like all of it kind of boiled down. That was a load. lot of That's it. That's where so much of the energy landed. Yes, is on page load page speed loads. and the stability of that page as it loads. How quickly? And I think the only thing most marketers knew how to measure was page load speed. I, I think that's part of it. It's something you can measure easily yeah. and something that you can also, in theory, adjust relatively easily. So um, uh, that was where a lot of people were putting their focus on, well, what, we, we have to be obsessively concerned about page load speed. Um, we experienced that so. firsthand. And we experienced that firsthand because yeah. video can certainly slow down uh page load speed if it's not properly compressed or, or integrated into into your Yeah, if you're just not hitting page. the right settings on the platform, but if you hit the right settings on... Yeah. So, uh, that being said, uh, yeah, well, like you said, we had first-hand experience yeah. of there being concern about that, but we were able to address that, at least uh, explain how to remedy it. Yes. I hadn't heard about uh, Core Web Vitals like between last year's episode and this year, I felt yeah. like it didn't. It, it was it was a very like buzzy thing maybe last yeah, year, yeah. and then you're right. Like I didn't hear a lot of people talk about it either. Um, See, that's that's kind of the way I feel about cookies. Mm-hmm. And like they're still disappearing. They're dis or they're they have yet to disappear. Uh, like Safari and Chrome are like not allowing cookies, yeah. and so how are marketers going to try? Like I feel like for. 18 months this has been all of the like uh, article number one on all of the emails that i do subscribe to and so i've seen it in so many headlines and i feel like i understand it but then i don't see it actually happening i'm still hitting accept at the bottom of every page is that Especially when i don't have a right. choice yeah i hate that if browsers are supposed i we may just be showing a fundamental lack of understanding on a very important issue here but yes if we're still doing so much work accepting GDPR required cookies, then why is all the talk about cookies being phased out talk? And how it's going to be so hard for marketers to track individuals and what they're interacting with and consuming. And, and I know we'll find a solution, and that's why I'm not paying that much attention to it, because it'll just be whatever it's, it is next. It tangentially brownies. Touch, touches... <laughs> Our video world. Yeah, it? yeah, but I I want to understand the concerns of our prospects and clients better. Yeah, and it seems like such a big thing, and yet I don't really see anything happening. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. Put it in the comments. Inform me, please. Um, don't tell me. I don't. Yeah, I don't care. Don't. Yeah, no. At me, maybe <laughs> David. Justin, not interested. Um, I'll take brownies. Yes. Now. We need to settle once and for all the debate. Cookies, brownies, blondies, and lemon, lemon bars. Now, of course, I did, bars. I did revisit the entire episode and I listened through, so I totally remember what this is referring to. But for those who haven't, go ahead and give us a <laughs> if, if, refresher. If, no, I, 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 far be it for me to over-explain a joke. <clears throat> um, Justin? <laughs> I think we've sat on this one long enough. Um, uh, I, it honestly, it just reminded me how long it's been since I had a lemon bar, and I really like lemon bars, and I just feel like I haven't They're had a one refreshing in like three years. Summer treat. Eight. 
All right, lemon bars are the winner. Any objections? No, good. I used to hate them as a child, and then I grew into them. Mm-hmm. Lemon parties, like coffee and you know things like that, that I just found gross as a kid, and then yeah. that, that's where like a lemon parties joke was right there. As he got older, mm-hmm. that's where lemon parties became more. I just went for it right away. Yeah, yeah. The, the, no restraint. Eight. Yep. A lot I of. Think this was mine, but slash we all chimed in on this, but. Uh, a lot of post-pandemic messaging fumbling. <laughs> uh, so here's where we circle back to... Uh, post-pandemic? The post-pandemic. What we were talking about in the beginning of the podcast, which is that we thought that by the end of 2021 that the pandemic would be quote-unquote over or or we wouldn't be dealing with multiple variants. Does anybody else feel like we said for the last 18 months, for about 18 months? Yeah. Maybe two Because I feel like at about the 12 or 13 month mark is when everybody started saying like, the last year and a half has been, mm. and I still feel like people are saying, last year and a half, and as, yet here we are at You know it's 2026, years. right? <laughs> it might as well be. Okay. We'll uh, be talking about the same thing. <laughs> Except instead of saying pandemic, they'll be like, why are they calling it a pandemic? It's the endemic. End of times. <laughs> uh, anyway... Post-pandemic message fumbling. I mean, a lot of uh, safe to say, a lot of brands kind of jumped the gun on the it, mm-hmm. it, the pandemic is over, and now that we return to a new normal, and then you kind of had to like walk that back or I, so just much let of it that, play. So much of that was though the winter holidays, right? Because mm-hmm. there was just enough of that, like, oh, vaccines are a thing; people are going to start getting them. So if we aren't able to be together at Thanksgiving, it's probably going to be Christmas, and we're going to be okay because like grandma and grandpa have been will have gotten like one dose and so it'll be okay to visit again i think, I think a lot of people were just sitting on that content waiting to push it out oh, yeah. had yeah. their campaign set up and they're like as soon yeah. as vaccine got mentioned it's like bam a lot of creative it. directors out there were probably just like man i've I got a whole list of different <laughs> ways that we can talk about the new normal and they're all the same and they're all the same <laughs> yeah. i i i linked to I keep getting fed this ad whenever I'm like watching like a hockey game or something. It's this post Malone Jägermeister ad. I don't know if you've seen I this. I've not seen it. Uh, <laughs> I haven't I had Jägermeister in a I long time. I, I, I essentially, you don't have to have it. You can just watch the ad. <laughs> I'd like to drink some. While I, I don't drink Jägermeister, and the most interface I've ever had with post Malone is through this ad that I keep having to see every single time there's a commercial break. Um, it's very funny to me because the ad is him saying like we've worked hard for this moment and now drink up and it's everybody going to a bar and like mm-hmm. cheering and like mm-hmm. taking Jaeger shots and it just it, at this point I'm like let's go ahead and hit pause on the spend ad spend yeah. for this one somebody forgot to turn off that campaign <laughs> and has no idea he probably got that fired it's for still... launching it and then yes, nobody turned and it nobody, off and nobody there at Jägermeister on their um, social media team actually knows that it's still running I was curious so I, I was like I bet they just spent a lot of money to make this ad well, between yeah. getting him and so they just want to keep running it and sure enough it was like a massive contract they got an, an Oscar winning DP to shoot it I was like wow you guys really blew a lot of money on this and so now you're just rolling with or it or they so. had like a year license to use it and yeah but but can't you yes or can't you see though you just it, it's that entire you know we've done a lot to earn this everybody coming back into a bar drinking together 
and then you just like turn the camera and everyone on the crew is masked up. <laughs> <laughs> right? It was like August of le- of two years ago when they were doing it. It was like, no, no, no. We'll be fine right. by like June. A skeleton crew of gaff- like four guys. All the gaffers yeah. are like, should we be should yeah. we be here? <laughs> yeah, everybody had to bring their own crafty to set because there was no sharing food. Like uh. it is the Uber like COVID y protocols of on set. To film a thing that, yeah, they probably just sunk too many costs into and yep. and had to run. Um, or everyone that is in their target market doesn't really care anyway and is going to bars, drinking Jägermeister. Well, there, there might be something there. I'm talking about Jägermeister drinkers here. And Post Malone fans. And Post Malone fans. I, I know nothing about him, so I don't know what his... You say that, and is. yet you keep getting fed this ad. <laughs> <laughs> now that I've said it four more times here, I'm probably going to get even more. Um... That's eight. Those are the bold predictions we had for 2021. How many were right? I don't know, but one I think, of them. I think our, at least at least one, maybe two, two and a half. Kind of counts. Uh, rise of user generated, asynchronous adaption. Yeah, continuing rise of user generated. Sure, I'll give you. The, I'll, I'll say yes. Uh, asynchronous video adoption, yes, but not necessarily as a management tool. Yep. In-person events, rebound in a hybrid model. I think the hybrid gives it a, nudges it towards the yes. All right. So let's give the last two ones a half point. So we're at okay. two full points right now. <laughs> More and easier ways to engage and interact with video content. I, I think I think that was wrong because that was really about the technology in hosting and, and embedding and mm-hmm. things like that. It was premature, Ben. It was. Not wrong. It's not wrong, just... Too bold. I'm just going to copy paste that for the next. Yeah. I'm just going to check Crunchbase quick to see right, to if see Salesforce may have just bought Vidyard. Okay. Yeah. Now we'll, we'll loop back to that one. Mm-hmm. Um, Post sale marketing. Nope. Land and expand. I, I didn't see it at all. Um, Google shift to core web vitals. I think we got that one right. I think we can say anecdotally, based on some client conversations, that that was a concern. Yes. Um, where does that put us? Three? I'm sure. Um, and we settled the cookies, brownies, blondies, lemon bars by mm-hmm. saying lemon bars. Okay, yeah, four. Um, post-pandemic message fumbling. Most of them were just about ads. half right. <laughs> yeah, so all eight were about half right. I don't think anybody got any prediction right for this year. Is it even smart to try to make predictions for 2022? But we'll find out in our next episode of the Video Reformation Podcast, which will be our... Bold 2022 predictions for Fiery. video for business. Fiery. Burn the fucking place down. <laughs> On fleek. On fleek. <laughs> Bring oh. fleek back. Chuggy. Um, yeah. So anyone else got any thoughts on how 21 went? 2021 went. It was our best year ever. <laughs> it was, in fact. There's a lot of companies' best, best year, year ever. Sure. I mean... A lot of companies went out of business, too. Isn't Apple just crossing the $3 trillion line? They, they did briefly last week. Like yeah. One day last, yeah. Uh, oh, no. There's a lot of companies making a lot of money out there. Us, Apple, <laughs> you know. I don't know. Salesforce. <laughs> yeah. You know. The innovators. three. Yeah. Um, anywho, the big three, as they say. Mm-hmm. David, thank you so much for joining us to revisit our 2021 predictions I would like to personally take this opportunity to invite you to join us for our next episode to make our fiery 2022 predictions for video. What do you say, David? I'll be there. All right. You know it. He said yes. 
Okay, well, thanks for watching this episode of the Video Reformation Podcast. Once again, I'm Ben Oliver. Justin Plant. David Olson. And we're Storyboard Media. Thanks. Awesome.